for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Point. Last week we started talking about the kingdom and we started talking about one of the major components of the kingdom and that component that we don't see very often in the church anymore. We want to touch on that just a little bit this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Are we there? Yeah. Look at verse 19. Paul says, But I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will, and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. power. Say power. power. Now notice, if we're kingdom people, which we are, we're not just Christians like everybody believes, going to a church or something, but in the kingdom of God, there's a certain component there that you should be operating in if you're a kingdom person, and that kingdom component is something called power. There should be power in your life. There should be supernatural power and ability that's in your life if you're living inside the kingdom of God. If you just want to be born again, be a normal Christian out there just going along with good, bad, everything else. But notice there's a power available to you. This word here is not only power, but it's also ability. Say ability. ability. So it's supernatural power and also supernatural ability in your life. Now, we've heard a couple testimonies this morning, and we could talk about people who've been healed, been delivered, all that is wonderful. But I want to talk just for a second here, not only about the supernatural power, but I want to talk about the ability for you to live as a kingdom person. And in order for you to do that, it takes the same anointing that it does to cast out a devil or heal the sick. Because in your life, there's an anointing there that enables you to live like you're supposed to live according to what the Word says you're supposed to be living like. Are you following me? So let's just take it down a notch to where we're not going to save the whole world this morning, but we're going to work on ourselves. That's not nearly as much fun, is it? But that's where we're going this morning. And we're going to, you know, follow the anointing of God and see. Go to Acts chapter 1. Say power. power. All right, Acts chapter 1, look at verse 8. We were there last week. Jesus says, but you shall receive. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. How many in here have the Holy Ghost come upon? All right, then we've got that power. We've got that ability. As long as the Holy Ghost has come in our lives, we're born again. And now we have the power of God on the inside of us. How many know that's supernatural power? Say, I have. The anointing of God, because I have the Holy Ghost. Okay, go to Acts chapter 10. Everything that's done in your life, whether it's a big miraculous thing or just a little thing in your life, is done by the anointing on the inside of you or the anointing of someone else. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the... Spirit of the Lord in your life, every little thing. Sometimes we just see the Holy Ghost when somebody's blind eyes are open or deaf ears are on stuff. But the Holy Ghost is ministering in wee tiny little things in your life and giving you little abilities in your life that sometimes we overlook and are not thankful for those things. All right, Acts chapter 10, look at verse 38. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, because God was, well, how was God with him? In the Holy Ghost and in the anointing. So notice, how God anointed, say anointed. Now the word anointed, if you looked it up, basically means to rub or smear. Anoint, rub or smeared. So Jesus was rubbed and smeared with someone called the Holy Ghost. And why did he have power? Because he had the Holy Ghost. So he's rubbed and smeared with the Holy Ghost and with? Now when you got born again and you received the Holy Ghost, how many know that you were 
rubbed and smeared with the Holy Ghost and with power. Notice, everybody's rubbed and smeared with the Holy Ghost. Some people don't even find out about the Holy Ghost. Some people don't even care about the Holy Ghost. Some people don't even recognize the Holy Ghost. Some people aren't even aware of the Holy Ghost. And they're born in the kingdom of God, running around telling how bad Christianity is. i got news for you, as long as you don't know Him, it's going to be bad. You're going to be in a bad way, I'm telling you right now, unless you figure out that there's someone on the inside of you that was sent to help you live the kind of life that you need to live. So notice Jesus was rubbed and smeared with the Holy Ghost and with power. And notice he went about doing what? And what did he do? He healed how many? How many? Now, people all the time come up to me and say, is it God's will to heal all? Well, let me tell you, if it's not, Jesus messed up. Is that right? He would have had to come and say, Father, do you want to heal this one? Would you like to heal that one? Would you like to heal that one? Nobody healed how many? All. And notice, they weren't blessed by God to learn something in their sickness. They were all healed and oppressed by who? The devil. devil. Hallelujah. Say, I'm rubbed. I'm I'm smeared with the Holy Ghost and power power to live live a supernatural life. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Second Corinthians chapter one. Look at verse twenty. For a few of the promises of God, half the promises of God, some of the promises of God. For all the promises of God in him are and in him are under the glory of God by us. Now he which establishes us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. Hallelujah. Say half. Now is half present tense, past tense. What is it? It's past tense, isn't it? In other words, he hath, past tense, anointed, rubbed and smeared you with power. Praise God. So you've already got anointing. Say, I have an anointing. People come up to you all the time. They see you operate in the power of God. They see you laying hands. They see the God moving in different ways. And they'll say, well, I want that anointing. How do I get that anointing? Uh, how can I have that anointing? And most of the time I say, are you born again? Yes. Do you have the Holy Ghost? Oh, yeah. I say, then you got it. How many are not going to operate it in if you don't believe you got it? Everything in the kingdom of God operates by faith. So if you don't know you have the anointing, you're never going to operate in the anointing. I'll tell you what you'll do. You'll spend your whole life trying to get it. There's so many things in the kingdom of God I spent my first five years trying to get. When I read the Bible, I found out I already had those five years ago, and I wasted five years trying to get what he already gave me for free and was already part of me. So notice, you are anointed. And who anointed you? How many know that's good? If somebody's going to anoint you, that'd probably be the best. All right, go to 1 John chapter 2. First John chapter 2, look at verse 27. But the anointing or rubbing and smearing of the Holy Ghost and power which you have received of him abides where it's in you praise God that's good news isn't it so notice the anointing that I have it comes upon you also but it's in me the Holy Ghost is on the inside of me the power is on the inside of me the ability is on the inside of me here it says you have that now go back to verse 20 first John 2 verse 20 but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know what you know all things You didn't even know you were smart this morning, did you? You had no idea how smart you really were. But notice what it says. You have an unction and you know what? 
all things. Now notice unction here is basically the same as an anointing. You have an anointing. Because you have that anointing, you know how many things. Now how many know that you stood up right now, you wouldn't be able to rattle off everything in the world that you know. But how many know at the time that you need to know it, the Holy Ghost is in you to let you know what to know in that time, basically, because you need it in that time. And where is he? Is he up there? Is he over here? Is he... He's on the inside of you. There's power on the inside of you this morning to understand that stuff. And when I first read this, I was getting into the Holy Ghost. I was saying, my gosh, I do have an anointing. And I read, but you have an unction from the Holy One. You know what my prayer was? Lord, help me function in the unction. Lord, if I got an unction, I want to function in the unction that you gave me on the inside. I don't want to take any gifts that he's given me and not use the darn things because apparently he gave them to me for a reason in order to use them. Hallelujah. All right, go to Isaiah chapter 10. I believe there's coming out of the regular church at this time people who want to go further than where they've been for 10, 15, 20 years. And the problem is that most of the new people who get in who are really hungry are going to run by some of the people. <laughs> so you've got to have your heart right. You've got to understand all of us are on the same side. Well, I don't understand if they got born again three weeks ago. My God, they're flowing in every gift out there. Well, that's not, that's, that's not their fault. That's your fault. Come on. Amen. Well, God just loves them more than me. No, you've just been stupid for 25 years. Come on now. Let's be honest here this morning. I got the same Holy Ghost you got, and you got the same one that I got. I didn't get the whole Holy Ghost, and you just didn't get his leg or his arm. You got the whole Holy Ghost on the inside of you. So he's already on the inside of us, praise God. But there's a group of people coming out who want more. Now, I've been in this stuff 30 years, and I'll tell you what, I have never wanted less. I've never wanted to stay where I was at. I know there's much more places that I've got to go to. In age, I could care less. I don't care if I'm 100 years old, praise God. I'm still going to be pressing into God, hallelujah, and laying hands on that sick and casting out devils praise God because that's what it's all about I mean you don't want to get on fire for two or three years then burn out and sit around and watch everybody else run and and I've seen a lot of people you know when I came out of the out of the denomination and started going into church I got around some people who were on fire I'm telling you what they loved God and they helped me go someplace and most of those people now are not even going to church following God married they're divorced everything else I mean my gosh this is not just a one-time deal But it's a lifestyle here, a lifetime, and I'll tell you, life's short. So I believe there's people coming out, and they're going to be different, and everybody says, I'm one of them. Well, some of you are, some of you aren't. And I mean, that's not up to me. That's up to you. Are you going to let those things go? Are you going to put those things behind you? Are you going to press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ? Or are you going to stay where you're at? It's totally up to you. Well, I've arrived. Well, good for you. Because there is no arrival, praise God, I'm telling you right now. Every time you get a revelation and think you're the smartest person in the world, you're going to find out that there are a lot of things you don't know yet, hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost doesn't give you too much. It's just a little bit at a time. He reveals a little bit more to you, a little bit more to you, a little bit more to you, and lightens on the inside. So notice here in Isaiah chapter 10. Look at verse 27. This is Isaiah prophesying. He says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off of thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Say the anointing. Now this is good news, isn't it? It wasn't good news for Isaiah because there was no anointing back then. So he's prophesying. He's saying burdens and yokes in that day. Say in that day. Now we're not waiting in that day. We're in that day. 
Jesus came, brought the kingdom of God back, brought the power back, and basically right now you have an anointing, so you're living in that day. Now notice, the anointing will break every burden and every yoke and every bondage and every addiction off of your life, and the Holy Ghost is now abiding on the inside of you, praise God. Now, if God has gone to all the trouble to send Jesus to the cross, suffer and die, so that we could be born again and be filled with the Spirit and have the anointing of God, it's ridiculous to live with the burden and the anointing. Come on, why live with the bondage and the anointing when you already have the anointing that takes care of the bondage? You check out the, the four Gospels. Every time the anointing ran into a bondage, guess who won? It was the anointing every single time, wasn't it? It didn't matter where the devil went. Jesus said, how long have you been like this? Come out. There he went. Why is that? Because the anointing on the inside of you, and you need to start magnifying what's in you. I mean, the church magnifies the devil, magnifies what he's doing. He's attacking me. He's running around. Everything's so bad. No, start magnifying what's on the inside of you. There's the glory of God in there, the power of God, the anointing of God on the inside of you that's there, and that will break every single yoke and burden in that day. Say, in that day. Yeah. And how many know you're in that day? Yeah. Glory to God. Then this is the day of your deliverance. This is the day of your freedom. We sing it up here. He broke the chains, and I came out of that grave. It's not just a song. My God, it should be alive to you. You should say, I remember when I was in the grave, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory. We all remember that, don't we? Some of us were, were a little bit deeper, had a little bit more dirt on top of us than other ones did. I'm telling you, I was at least five, six feet down, but some of you people in here were 25 feet down. There was, I mean, when you came out of that grave, it took you a while to get the dust off of you even. You were down there so deep. Come on, am I right? Oh, yeah. Praise God, I'm right. Because we were all someplace, praise God. And I was really good my whole life, so, so big deal. You were going to the same hell I was. They don't have different compartments. Yours was going to be air-conditioned. Mine wasn't. Come on, hell is hell is hell. The worm's there. The fire's there. No matter what you did. But I'll tell you what, he took you out from where you were at, took you out of the miry clay. He has set your feet upon a rock to stay. And I hope he put a new song in your mouth, a hymn of praise unto our God. Hallelujah. It's not the way it used to be. So Isaiah was prophesying about this day. In the Old Testament, they didn't have it. Once in a while, he'd come on the prophet, priest, and the king just to do their little thing. But normal people didn't have the anointing of God. Now you're in that day when Jesus came, and guess what? Now you have the anointing of God in your life 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All right, go to Psalm 92. We taught a little bit last week about the, about the anointing, about the power of God, and listen to the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And we talked about the time, you know, that I didn't listen to the Holy Ghost and didn't throw my shoes up and all that kind of stuff. And Ellen, how many of you know Ellen? Ellen came up from the back afterwards, and she said, that's probably why she's not here today. I told her I could make her testify, so we probably won't see her for quite some time now. But, <laughs> but she was working one day, and there was a lady who came in to wherever she works, and the lady could not move her left arm at all. And she walked by Ellen, and Ellen's just doing her regular, you know, just doing your thing. And all at once she heard this voice that said, Pray for her. And of course, Ellen, no way, just kept doing her thing, kept doing her thing. It kept coming back. How many know it keeps coming back? <laughs> pray for her. Pray for her. I don't know what to pray. Pray for her, but her arm doesn't move. Pray for her. So Ellen finally said, all right. You know, joyfully said, all right. 
I'm going to pray for her. So Ellen went over, of course, didn't know what to pray, never really prayed for anybody. She can't remember what she prayed, and she prayed, and she walked away, and she felt so good. You know, it feels good when you obey God, even if nothing happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> Praise God, I did all right. So she walks away, and the lady turns around and says, look, my arm's moving. And Ellen says, it is. <laughs> See, we're supposed to say, yes, amen, hallelujah, yes, praise the Lord, yes. She says, it is. She said, I was as shocked as that lady was when she started moving her arm, she said. I said, you got to give that testimony so whenever she's safe, she'll come back and give it probably herself. <laughs> All right, Psalm 92, are you there? Look at verse 10. But my horn shall be... But my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with what? I shall be anointed with what? Now, when you study the Old Testament, there's a lot in the New Testament about the anointing, about the power. But there's a lot in the Old Testament because the Old Testament has types and shadows of the New Testament. And here a type and shadow of the anointing in the Old Testament is basically oil. Say oil. So a lot of times you'll see people being anointed with oil. What is that? The Holy Ghost coming upon them. So it's a type and shadow. Whenever you see oil in the Old Testament, most of the time it deals with the Holy Ghost because they're type and shadows of each other. All right, go to Exodus chapter 29. Joy, meet joy. Your middle name's not Dorothy, is it? I thought maybe he had a word of knowledge in your... No? It's not? Okay. I was trying to help you, Ted. Praise God, but I don't even do that. <laughs> All right, Exodus 29. Did you find it? Old Testament. All right, we're going to just touch briefly on the anointing this morning. Exodus 29, look at verse 7, then shall thou take the anointing oil and pour it upon his and anoint him, hallelujah, say oil, oil. poured upon the head, now notice one thing, so we found out one thing about the anointing or one thing about the New Testament, the anointing is always poured upon the, the head, say the head, so most churches in the world today are not operating under the anointing because they're not operating under one head. They're operating under five board members who are trying to control the head. And that's not the way God set it up. The anointing comes upon the head. People say, well, you gotta have, you got to have people around you. You do. It's, it's wise to be in the midst of counselors, not leaders. There's only one leader. And I'll tell you, this is why the family is under attack so much, especially the men because the anointing in a family comes upon the man is supposed to go through his wife and down even to the children in that family so that it's a Holy Ghost family at the time. But now many dads aren't even around. Divorce is all over the place. The male species is under attack. Whether you recognize it or not, it is. Praise God, it is. They're trying to take you down to less than what you're supposed to be and everything else. Why are they there? Because the devil knows the anointing is on the head and flows down to the family. Notice, when Moses was there, how many know they weren't killing baby females? Come on, when Jesus was born, they weren't killing baby females. They were killing 
Why? Because the anointing comes upon, and, and here's where we get in trouble, because many men don't want to take their place. Yeah. My God, I better get off of this. I better, we got, we got cookies to sell and stuff out there. I got to keep everybody in a good mood this morning, for God's sakes. I don't want to, you sure? Because if the man of the house isn't taking his place, then someone else must step up to take that place. And when they step up to take that place, sometimes it doesn't work out quite well because there's spirits out there, some called Jezebel, that basically can come on a woman. Do you see what I mean? And a lot of women get bossy. They take control. They do everything else. Well, you know, it's not just their fault. It's his fault, too, and it's both faults because that's not the way it's supposed to be set up. It comes upon the head. So in this church, basically, the oil is poured upon me. I am the head. Like it or not, I'm the head. Praise God. I have people around who cost me, people who tell me things, people who help me. You know, Ben and Latasha are here. I can talk to them. They can talk to me. If there's any decisions to be made, we can make those things. But the anointing comes upon the head. And then what does the anointing do? It flows down. Say it flows down. That's why you, that's why you cannot be under a pastor who's been divorced four times. Because the anointing that's on him is going to come down on you before it's over with. You can't sit in a church where they don't know the power of God and don't understand the kingdom of God and don't understand the things of God. Because you're only going to get what the head has gotten so far that's going to come down on you. If you're in a church that doesn't believe in miracles, don't want to be a miracle worker. It's never going to work. Find a church where somebody believes in that stuff. Come on now. If they're afraid of devils in that church, get out of there if you want to cast out devils. Don't stay there, for goodness sakes. Are you following me? This anointing is too precious to me. I'm not teaching you because I'm mad this morning. I'm teaching you because we've got something we're not taking advantage of that belongs to us and was freely given to us. It's the anointing of God that's in our life. So notice, it comes upon the head. Say, it comes upon the head. Now, this is really what I wanted to say, but it took me that long to get here. So, Look at verse 21. Circle it. Color it. Exodus chapter 29, verse 21. Exodus 29, 21. Exodus 29, 21. You're behaving better than most of them in here this morning. I want you to know that. You're doing a good job. Doing a good job this morning. All right, did you find Exodus? 29, 21, look what it says. And thou shalt take of the blood that is upon the altar and of the anointing oil and sprinkle it upon Aaron, upon his garments, upon his sons, upon his garments of his sons with him, shall be hallowed in his garments, and his sons, and his sons' garments with him. Notice the first part of it. And thou shalt take the blood that is upon the altar, and of the anointing oil. Say the anointing oil. Say the blood. Say the anointing oil. Say the blood. Now watch. Here's how the anointing on the inside of you and the Spirit of God benefits you and everyone else with you. The anointing always follows the blood. The anointing in your life will always follow the blood. Now, what do I mean by that? Whatever the blood has provided in your life, the anointing will make sure that you get what belongs to you because it was paid for by the blood. Are you following me? Therefore, if you're doubting on belief all the time, you're not going to operate in the anointing of God because the anointing's got nothing to back up because you're in doubt and belief all the time. But when you believe God, Come on, the anointing then will follow the blood 
that's in your life. So when I found this thing out and I was reading different things about the blood, I looked at the blood and I found out that I was made righteous. You know how? By the blood. I was justified. You know how? I was made nigh to God. You know how? I was redeemed by the blood. Come on. I was boldness to enter the holiest holy by the blood. So I started taking advantage of everything that the blood had already provided for me. So I found out that I was righteous. He made me righteous. So what was I going to do? I was going to claim my righteousness. And when I did, the blood that paid for the righteousness opened the door for the anointing to give me the ability to live like someone who's righteous. If you're trying to live by righteousness and trying to be righteous, you're going to have a long Christianity. Because you can't do it. It's a, it can't be done. It can't be done without the anointing. So I went to the Bible and I found out that by his stripes I was healed. So I'm healed. You don't look very good. I don't care. I'm healed. You, don't, you look really sick. I don't care. I'm healed. Why is that? Because I know the anointing is going to give me the ability to live a healed life as long as I'm putting the Word of God and what the blood provided, first of all. Remember the Old Testament? The death angel came around, and what did they do? They applied the to their doorpost. And as long as that blood was there, death had to pass over the people that were there. Sickness had to pass over the people who were there. Why? Because they applied the blood when they did. The anointing moved into that house. And when the anointing moved in, no death, no destruction, no else could get there. Hallelujah. So what do you do? And I hear people all the time, I claim the blood. What did the blood do? I don't know, but I claim it. Claim it, claim it, claim it. I plead the blood. What did the blood do? I don't know, but I'm pleading it. Well, don't plead it. Find out what it did for you. Agree with what it did for you, and the anointing will give you the ability to do what the Bible says you are. That's how you grow in the things of God. That's how you move up, simply, by understanding what the blood did. So the blood always goes together. That's why the psalmist said, forget not all his benefits, because if you forget them, you're going to squelch the anointing in you, because the anointing ain't going to back up sickness, depression, criticalness, down out. It only backs up what the blood has already provided in your life. So every time you see something that's provided by the blood in your life, you know basically that the anointing will back that up in your life. You can come to a place in your family when you walk in peace and joy and love with one another, according to God's will, that the anointing will be in your house, and basically no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy by that dwelling. Those just aren't scriptures out there. There's reasons those scriptures work. Do you understand? And it's because basically of the anointing of God that you have on the inside of you. So basically to operate in the blood, you just put faith in whatever the blood provided. What am I going to do? I'm going to put faith in it, praise God. And I'll tell you what, God will even jumpstart you in your unbelief. You know what I mean? He'll jumpstart you in your unbelief just to get you moving in the right direction. I'm sure Ellen wasn't standing strong that day. You understand? She wasn't even thinking about it working. She was just thinking about doing it. That was the only step she knew. But God got through there somehow and blessed her obedience, but now she should grow in that, shouldn't she? The next time, instead of God telling her 42 times to do that, maybe 40, 39. <laughs> and then she could go act on the Word of God, but we're growing day by day by day. But if you never step out, you can be a Christian in the church for 45 years. It ain't going to do you any good because it's in your action to where you grow in the things of God, basically. So we want to step out. Why can I lay hands on the sick? Because I have an anointing of God, and God has promised to heal the people that I lay hands on. So I'm going to operate in faith in that. The blood has provided. When I do it, I fully expect the anointing to back up the blood, what it has provided in my life. So I have some confidence when I lay hands on the sick, or I do those things, praise God. And I mean, most of the church gets mad at you. How you doing, Pastor Tom? I'm righteous. My God, I'm holy. I'm so full of God. You just wouldn't believe it. Praise God, I'm redeemed. Pride goes before the fall. Got that about 10 times. That's not pride. 
That's what was provided for me by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that I got that way on my own. I'm saying I have the ability to live that way by the anointing on the inside of me, praise God. And why is that? Because I'm in right alignment with the Word of God itself. Hallelujah. All right, quarter after. Want to quit or want to go? All right, Exodus chapter 30. I was going to go anyway. I just thought I'd give you guys... I thought I'd give you guys a say in it. This ain't like the pancakes, so we've, cookies and stuff will keep. The pancakes last week, we had to get right on them, praise God. It was, the pressure was on, so. All right, Exodus chapter 30, look at verse 31. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be a holy anointing oil unto me throughout the generations. Notice, the anointing you have on the inside of you is holy. It's a holy thing. It's a, it's a God thing. It's the Holy Ghost. It's not just a feeling, it's not just a goosebump, it's not just an experience, but it's a person who lives on the inside of you. So when you lay hands on somebody, you are doing a holy thing. When the laughter breaks out, that is a holy thing, praise God. It's the supernatural power of God touching people's lives in their heart. Look at verse 32. Upon man's flesh shall it not be poured, neither shall you make any other like it after the composition of it. It is holy, and it shall be holy unto you. What's he talking about here? Don't fake it and don't copy the anointing. In the, old, in the old days when the healing ministry was gone real good, I mean, you know, sometimes they would hire somebody in a, to come in a wheelchair, and basically they'd lay hands on them, and they'd jump out of the wheelchair, and basically they weren't in a wheelchair to begin with. What were they doing? They were faking the anointing of God that they had on the inside of them because they were afraid the anointing of God wasn't going to work in their life. That's why pastors, when they lay hands on people, push them down. Come on now. Ever get prayed for? And my God, you almost had to get neck surgery afterwards? No, if the anointing's there, it'll knock people down. And if it does knock them down, it's no big deal. We're not in the knockdown business. Or in the Holy Ghost changing business. We're letting God touch people. He touches everybody in different ways. So notice, don't fake it. Don't, don't make it up. Don't do things, praise God. Remember, if you ever read any Smith Wiggles with works, did you ever read any of those? Yes. I mean, and he operated in the Holy Ghost. What did he do? He'd walk down the line, and he'd say, well, how are you? He'd say, I have cancer of the stomach. And he'd go, boom, knock him right on the ground. And they'd say, she's dead. He'd say, he healed. She healed. He'd say, what do you mean? She healed. And she'd get up, and the cancer was completely gone. Why is that? Because he was listening to the Holy Ghost. He was flowing in that anointing. He was doing that. Now, how many of you know you probably shouldn't do that? <laughs> Don't try some of this stuff without adult supervision. Because I'll tell you what, if you hit them and they don't go down, they may hit you back. <laughs> so we read about those things, but everybody flows in the Holy Ghost in a different way. You don't copy anybody. You don't imitate anybody. You don't do any of those things. You just do the way the anointing's on you to do what needs to be done. And I found out, you know, a lot of times you can't copy it. You know, I'd, I'd go to church services when I was young in the Lord, and, and, and the presence of God was so strong, and they'd play three or four songs that just touched my heart. And I'd go back the next time, they'd play three different songs. I'd say, play those three songs. I want to play the three songs at work. But how many know sometimes you can play those three songs, and the next time it doesn't worketh because it's a different time, it's a different flow, it's a different thing that's going on in somebody's life. So you don't fake this stuff, praise God. You don't do that. All right, look at verse 33. Whosoever compounds any like it or whosoever puts any on upon a stranger even be cut off from his people. Hallelujah. Say, put on a stranger. Say, put on a stranger. 
Now, what's he talking about here? The best way to flow in the anointing of God and to operate in the anointing of God that's on the inside of you is to get under a man of God who is anointed and knows how to flow in the anointing because it will teach you how to flow in the anointing. And as you see him flow, it gives you a way to flow. Are you following me? I've ran into so many people that go from church to church to church to church to church. They think by coming up here one Sunday and me going abracadabra do, they're going to get the anointing and run all over the place. And it doesn't work that way. It comes by serving I know you ain't going to like this, but it comes by serving, comes by staying, pressing in, learning, studying, getting in the Word of God, sitting on the Word of God and that. And what happens, praise God, a pastor really doesn't even want to put it on a stranger. Hallelujah. Even when we had little revival services on a few nights and we'd pray for people who were coming up, sometimes I would pass over people that I didn't know. I ain't going there. No way. Enough time for that, praise God. We ain't going there. Anyway. Anyway, hallelujah, glory to God. You don't put it on a stranger. You don't put it, the church members shouldn't be running around laying hands on each other saying be filled with a be filled, be filled, be filled. Just concentrate on being filled yourself, praise God. Get in a church, serve your brothers and sisters, continue to love one another, continue to take, take advantage of everything that God has given you and the anointing will flow in your life. How many of you know Elijah followed Elijah for a long time? And even when he said, no, go away, I'm going up, he said, no, I'm going to stay with you till you go up. No, go away. And he stayed right with him. And when he went up, he got a double portion. Say a double portion. Hallelujah. Glory to God. People say, give me a double portion. God says, operate in a single. <laughs> See, if you're not going to operate in a single, why would he give you a double, for God's sakes? See? It doesn't work that way, praise God. So just learn how to flow in what you've already flowed in. All right, verse 35. And thou shalt make it a perfume, a confection after the art of the apocryphy, tempered together, pure and holy. Say perfume. perfume. Now, why does someone wear perfume? Ladies, we don't. Why, does, why do you wear perfume? So you smell good, and basically it actually draws, you know, people to you because you smell good. Now, the anointing's like a perfume. Say the anointing's the anointing. like a perfume. See, so you've got young people like Shazé, you've got Zimi, you've got these young girls, basically. And if they're loving God and loving the Holy Ghost, there's actually a perfume on them that draws young guys to them. <laughs> I turned and walked this way trying to help you out, brother, but I couldn't, I couldn't get over it totally. But, yeah, it draws people to you. That's why I had boys. But it does. It draws people to you. And if you're a young lady in the Lord in this day and age, you're going to have to be able to detect who's there for what. Because you have a drawing card on you. When you're anointed, there's a perfume there. There's a perfume that draws people to you. There's draws young people to you, praise God. So that's why you've got to be careful of who you get with. Are they, do they love God? Don't they love God? I mean, are they in it? But he's so nice. I don't care if he's nice, praise God. But I'm going to bring him to the Lord, possibly, but possibly not. Hallelujah. You've got to find someone who's going to be yoked equally with you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You're welcome, Ben and Latasha, for that. Thank you. I'll send you. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Hi, look at verse 36. And thou shalt beat some very small and put it before thee a testimony of the tabernacle and congregation where I will meet with thee. It shall be unto you most Holy. Say most holy. Say it again. Most holy. Hallelujah. Now notice. Basically, with the anointing of God, and you're in the anointing of God, whether it's some music we do or whatever we do, there's a place you can go where it just becomes you and him. You know? 
I've been so blessed to be able to do worship up here because I can get to that place while singing with my pastorettes. <laughs> and basically when I get there, I could care less what you think. <laughs> well, I don't like that. I don't care. He's off key again. But it doesn't make any difference. See, I know what I want when I'm praising and worshiping. I want to meet with him, praise God. I don't want to meet with you. You, you, I'll meet with you afterwards. But when I'm in a service, I want to meet with him. Do you understand? You probably ain't going to help me, but he's going to do something for me. Make me feel better or something on the inside of me, praise God. That's going to do something on the inside of me. So I'll meet with him. Say meet with him. Lift your right hand and say, I want to meet with him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, look for verse 37. And as for the perfume which thou shalt make, you shall not make to yourself according to the composition thereof. It shall be unto thee holy for the Lord. What's this saying? You do not use the anointing to profit for yourself. You don't do it. That's not what the anointing's for. The anointing's not to make everybody think you're the most wonderful man in the whole world, God's man of faith and power. No, it doesn't work that way. You're not trying to get the largest church in the whole area. You're not trying to, and you, and you don't use the Holy Ghost with false words. Oh, wait, feel it right now. There's a $2,000 offering coming in from somebody. It's over in this direction. It's drawing me. Drawing me. Not you, you're broke. Let me find... So it seeks out the richest congregational member, and all once, oh, that's when it really hits them, and God told you you're supposed to, you don't do that. You don't use the anointing for that. It's not self If you operate in the anointing the way you're supposed to, you won't ever have to worry about finances or relationships or anything else in your life. It's going to work for you, every single thing. So it's not for practical gain. Say it's not. Well, what is the anointing really for? Well, Jesus loved righteousness. And he hated iniquity, and therefore he was more anointed than everybody else with the joy of what? Come on, you don't even know. With the joy of what? Gladness. Gladness. He was more than the joy of gladness. And people start laughing in the church, and everybody wants to get mad. What is it? It's the oil of gladness. you got to be careful. It'll make you glad. Hallelujah. It'll make you joy and glad. Hallelujah. A double thing. So praise God. Notice we don't want to fake it. We don't want to use it. We don't want to use it to try to impress people. We don't want it for anything else. Remember there was one where is it like in Acts chapter 8 where the disciples were flowing in the anointing of God by the name of, what is it, Simon was his name or something. And he saw how good it was and he said, how can I buy this thing? And they said basically, man, you in trouble. You don't buy this thing. You get in big trouble because he didn't really know what he was doing. But how many you know, when you see this anointing flow and at work, there's a hunger that gets stirred up in your heart. And why is that? Because you were created to live by faith in this anointing that's on the inside of you. And then he gave us the testament to find out what the righteousness of God would do for us that we could flow in it. So you're, you've got ability in you this morning. If you're addicted to something, there's ability in you not to be addicted anymore. It's there. And I mean, when this Bible was written, of course, it's written to a lot of people in a different area of the country. And to them, to oil, it doesn't mean much to us, but oil meant a lot to those people because of where they lived and what they did and everything that was there. I mean, they used oil in their cosmetics. They used it in their makeup. They used it in their body lotion. Why? So that they would look better. How many of you know there's a big difference between seeing a Christian who's flowing in the anointing and one who's not? You can look at somebody's face. You can look at somebody's face, and you can tell when they get to church whether they came rejoicing, praising the Lord, or having a bad car ride on the way here. And I know that because we've had some bear car rides. 
I used to drive all the way down to Port Salernal every Sunday morning with two kids screaming, hollering, the bridge going up, and we're 15 minutes late already, praise God. And, and then you get there and say, people go, how are you? Blessed. <laughs> Blessed. Oh, makes it tough, don't it, praise God. So notice, you can tell by people what they look like, what they're doing. Second of all, it was used for medicine. Remember the Good Samaritan? They poured it into oil, into his wounds and stuff. So the anointing will keep you healed, praise God. Will keep you walking in health. But it's not gone to if every time you get hit by a symptom, you claim that symptom as reality in your life, you're going to have problems with it because the oil and the anointing only backs up what the blood has provided, not what it hasn't provided. Are you following? I mean, if you don't feel joyful, just start thanking God for all your joy, and pretty soon the anointing will bubble up on the inside of you. You've got to get off feelings and emotions in order to walk in this. They used oil and lamps back then. How many of you don't do that much anymore? What was it for? It was to light them up. When you're in the anointing of God and you read this Bible, you read three words, and you're going to spend 45 minutes figuring out those three words half the time. There's other times you can read 14 chapters and not, oh, I ain't getting anything of it. Yeah, well, that's because you're reading it with uh, the, the stoves on, and I've got to do this at 2 o'clock, and I've got to do that at 4 o'clock, and there's no anointing. But when you're in the anointing of God, I mean, Revelation just, just jumps all over you. Sometimes you've got to catch your breath just to catch up with what the Holy Ghost is doing. And the other thing it does, it keeps your skin from drying out in those countries. How many know it's dusty and dry over there? It'll keep you from drying out. Nothing worse than a dried out Christian. Nothing worse than a dried-out Christian. Hallelujah. The Word will dry you out, praise God. The song won't matter anymore. Your favorite song, they'll play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long is this one? Four minutes, 23 seconds. Get it over with. There's a difference. So we want to live in the anointing. We want to stand the anointing. We want to thank God for the anointing of God that we have on the inside of us. I tell you, it's a precious thing, but it's something that you have to magnify in your own life if you're going to operate in it. And you have to find out what was provided for you in your life. Whatever you're struggling with or whatever you're, you're claiming yourself. I tell you, I think low self-esteem is one of the biggest problems in the entire church because the devil keeps lying to people and they keep believing the lies rather than what God has said about them. Yeah, praise God. I mean, you're somebody special this morning. You're, you're, you're important to God. Hallelujah. You are a righteous human being. You are a holy human being. You're filled with the Holy Ghost this morning. Praise God. And just get in line with him and thank him for the anointing. Thank him for the healing power. Thank him for the glory. Thank him for his presence. Praise God. And you're going to see that anointing start to operate in your mouth and your life every single day more and more than it's operating here. There's a place you can live. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. And I mean, every time I went to Marie, I mean, Marie's sitting there. She's got tubes in here, that in there. She can barely even sit up because her stomach was great big. She's leaning around. And she's in there scaring the nurses and doctors crazy. She just ran her mouth praising. Oh, and Jesus touched me the other day. And praise God, I'm telling you what, he's the great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't understand. That's what I said. He said, he touched me that time. I mean, she just went on and on and on and on. You look at her and say, my God, if that was me, I'd probably be punching one of the nurses. But she had an experience with God. She had a burning bush experience in her life, praise God. And even with what she was going through, how many know you're going to go through something? What you do in that situation? How are you going to do in that situation? What are you going to do when that tragedy hits? What are you going to do when that big thing hits? What are you going to do in that? Are you just going to give up, praise God? Or are you just going to keep praising your way through that thing? You're going to keep the anointing of God flowing, and God's going to get some glory out of that thing sooner or later, one way or another. But she stayed there, praise God. The whole time I was there, she stayed there. She stayed there. I mean, I don't know if I could have did it, but she did, praise God. She was going forward, and it pays off. It pays off, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, say, I am. Anointed of God. I have been rubbed and smeared with the Holy Ghost and power. I pray, Holy Ghost, 
Teach me how to function in my unction. Hallelujah. All right, jump up. Praise God. Wednesday night, we're on number eight. Is it eight? Eight of Kingdom Connection. So you want to be here for that. Uh, praise God. Get caught up on your homeworks and everything all set up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. It's beginning to rain, 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 says the voice of my Father, saying, Whosoever will come drink of this water, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, on my sons and my daughters. If you're thirsty and dry, lift your hands to the sky. It's beginning to rain. Everybody, it's beginning to rain, 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 says the voice of my Father. Saying, whosoever will come drink of this water, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, on my sons and my daughters. If you're thirsty and dry, lift your hands to the sky. It's beginning to rain. That's God, I've been wanting to sing it all morning. Glory to God, I had to get it in there. Hallelujah. All right, praise God. Have a wonderful week. We will see you Wednesday night. Thank you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.